The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello. How we doing, Maxie? You good? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, we've just been chatting pre-recording, yeah, and I'm on, on top of the world today. I know you are, mate. I know you are. Uh, but I think we'll wait for all the latecomers to arrive in the next minute or two before we spill the beans as to why, because what you've told me is fantastic, and I think everyone needs to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Over-egging the pudding, perhaps, but what's for it? How has your week been, sir? Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, not bad. You know, same old, same old, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, you know. Is what it is. Back to work tomorrow. Watched a load of Doctor Who with Charlie today. Okay. It's been quite nice. So, yeah, I've been flying through it, actually. We watched, like, half a season today. Because Did Charlie you? had a snow day at school. Okay. So, Charlie and Liv didn't... Well, Liv's not going to school anyway, because her knee. But I think she goes back this week, to be fair. But, mm-hmm. um the school was shut so after I got stuff ready for chain wrestling and whatnot I did have to wait for Charlie to get home at like four o'clock or whatever time it may well be you know later than that on occasions if she stays behind for, for whatever reason so yeah we watched a bit more Doctor Who than, than we normally do on a Monday so yeah fl- flying through it mate gonna catch up to catch up to like you know the, the current schedule soon I think did you catch uh, NXT deadline I didn't I didn't even know the event was on no, yeah, it was an event that I forgot about. Same with uh, Ring of Honor's final battle. Forgot that they were on, but I ended up catching uh, NXT Deadline. Pretty good, pretty good event. Was it all right, was it? I yeah. can't tell you any of the matches. Oh, hang on. I know that the tag titles changed hands, but I don't know any of the other matches that even took place. Yeah, it was um, the New Day won the, the NXT tag titles. Mm-hmm. Great match. Yeah. Um, it was built more around this new invention from Shawn Michaels, the Iron Man, Iron Survivor match. So basically, it's a twenty-five minute long match. Okay. Um, and every five minutes, a new entrant enters the match. So you start with two. Every five minutes, a new one comes until all these five people in the match all together. Every time you score a pin, the person who gets pinned. Is um is put in a penalty box for ninety seconds, and it's the person who has the most pins in total at the end of the twenty five minutes that that is the winner. They get a so guaranteed title shot, I think. So you enter like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's you get you get a random draw for for when you're entering. Okay, and so if you're in from the beginning. Yeah, uh, and every time you lose, you are pinned or you submit, you're in a penalty box for 90 seconds. So essentially, the longer you're in the match, the more chances you've got of picking up in, enough pins to, to win the match. Was it good or was it... Uh, does it, it sounds overcomplicated. It's a little bit complicated, but when you watch it and you get into it, it's really good. When people are uh, getting pinned and going into the penalty box and there's multiple people in the penalty box um, and that causes friction as well, it's, it is, uh, it was exciting. Both matches were really exciting and really unique as well uh, for, for both 
different kinds of matches. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll probably check that out when we finish here. Then I got mm-hmm. got to find some wrestling to put on when I go to bed tonight. Because hopefully, mm-hmm. looking at the, looking at the show, the match we're covering is only about what thirty <laughs> fucking seconds long. So it is nine of the longest minutes that yeah. you will, you will ever watch. Fun you, fact: you I, and the CWF have brought this upon us, so you deserve everything you're about to get. I had to rewind multiple times because I I lost concentration watching this match. And <laughs> my man was wondering. Yeah. So there's that. And obviously our non-wrestling topic, we've got plenty of people talking, but again, I, I think it's not going to take up hours and hours and hours. So, you know, I could be in bed by half 10, mate. Lovely stuff. <laughs> I know. It's, it's starting to get, we're starting to get streamlined on this show. Uh, we're professional, mate, aren't we? You know, streamlined is the word. Streamlined is the word. But saying that, we're nearly five minutes on the clock. I haven't even started yet, Maxi. So I suppose we should begin the show properly. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be watching or listening from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, episode 104 in total. Lovely stuff. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the Birdman to my third man, the Frankie to my cranky. Oh, yes, grumpy Sai sometimes, grumpy Sai sometimes. A podcaster who always gets his man, mainly because we're hit knowledge fairly cheap in Burnley. Naughty, naughty. The Podfather himself, Lord Mags. You have some glorious news for us, my friend. Yeah, first, they never convicted of the, the rehypnol due to lack, <laughs> lack of evidence. Um, but yeah, um, I've, I've got some great news. Um, so uh, a lot of you guys will remember me telling you about Carlos going to uh, Greece. And it is Greece, not Germany. Going to mm-hmm. Greece uh, for um, a jiu-jitsu uh, tournament. Well, he, he went to that tournament. He there was a, about 130 entrants in his uh, in his weight class, and Carlos made it all the way to the semi-finals, which is um, absolutely amazing. amazing. To consider, he only had a month's notice, and everyone else had a, a, the whole year to to uh, prepare. Uh, but it gets the the. It's even better than, than than it sounds. Even though he's he's in the top four in, in in the world, the person who who beat him in the semifinals was actually the reigning world champion, and is also right. the Greek Olympic uh, jiu-jitsu team. Uh, Carlos was actually uh, so. What happens in in jiu-jitsu is you have a three-minute uh, fight, and you have to score as many points as you can, or you have to be able to control your opponent. Uh, on the ground for 15 seconds. 
So Carlos uh, was six points to nil up against the the reigning world and uh, world champion and Olympian. Um, when he uh, was he, the, his opponent was awarded two points when Carlos was uh, heavy handed in some striking, and then um, he. He unfortunately, he was uh, slammed with a hip toss and, and uh, uh, got a, a stinger, got a concussion. And so he had to uh, have uh, a doctor's rest. And then when the the, uh, the doctor's rest was over, they, they got reset in the same position. But because Carlos was was aware of the fairies, he wasn't able to to defend the the position and ended up losing in the fight. Um but Carlos was also 10 kilos lighter than his opponent, uh, which is just phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, Carlos, uh, he's been invited to the next year's World Championships, which is in Mongolia, and he's also potentially going on a tour of East Asia because he's got a tournament in Thailand and one in Cambodia. And it's highly likely that he will be on the uh, British Olympic team uh, for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. And he also got an upgrade on his belt. He's now a, a, a blue belt in, in Jiu-Jitsu, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, it's been a, a fun weekend all around for us. Absolutely insane, mate. Fair play. You know, well, first of all, you said about he, he got a bit of a stinger. He had a concussion and so on. Mm-hmm. First things first, most importantly, he, he's fine, I'm assuming. I mean, he was never fine in the first place, but okay. yeah, no, yeah, he, he's he's had all his uh, CTE checks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. And 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 then secondly, why? That's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, that's amazing. It's like fairy tales, like mm-hmm. absolute fairy tales. From uh, the not even knowing about the tournament in um, November to being uh, then drafted into the British team and then finishing fourth in the world and then going potentially to the Olympics. Uh, fingers crossed. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm a proud papa. I can imagine, but I can imagine that is that's insane. You're well done to Carlos and congratulations mm-hmm. to everyone. You know, that was that was that, that's incredible. All me. You dumb motherfucker. Your influence. Your influence. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely brilliant. I'm so, so proud. As you should be. As you should be. That is incredible. Yeah. If he does go to the Olympics, maybe we can get him to sport some chain wrestling goodies or something like that. Yeah. Sponsored by chain wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Draw some eyes to the products. Like, you know, one of our more cleaner t shirts, no swear words on it or something, potentially. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is brilliant, mate. That is fantastic. Congratulations to you, Carlos, and uh, everyone else. Uh, a breathtaking, especially that short. We were talking before recording, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had the whole year to prepare, like everyone else. Yeah, well, he, he will have the whole year for for the for the next tournament. So, yeah, um, just it's just amazing, just absolutely amazing. He, he's done so so well, and he was and he was upset that he didn't win. He was really he's, he feels he's, mm. he's let himself and his, his his team and his country down. But yeah, fourth fourth in the world is just it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant stuff, mate. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Shall we dive in to the chat because there's plenty of people wishing Carlos well and congratulations there as well, bud. Yeah, um, 
Mark, uh, hello, sir. How are you? Evening all. Looking forward to Coco Beware versus the Battle. I watched it and I wasn't looking forward to it at all. If you're looking forward to it, you've obviously never seen it before. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sharon, it's Monday and you know what that means. And Dan Griffin in the chat. Hello, sir. Evening all. How how are we ready for a crap fest? (laughs) Connor from Connor Osaka. Hello, sir. How are you? And King Pig's Bladder. Um, hi guys and gals. Uh, he's just posted a, a very funny Ric Flair singing a, um, a an educational song about washerwomen. So uh, definitely go check that out on uh, on uh, Pigs Bladder's uh, uh, Twitter. Dan Griffin, has anyone seen Brock Lesnar's rumored appoint, uh, opponent for Mania? Yes, Gunter. Yes, oh, Gunter. take my money. Absolutely, just slapping the piss out of each other. That would be superb. Um, NXT adapted the King of the Mountain match from TNA, basically, just removed the ladder. Yeah, pretty much done. Yeah, uh, a very similar concept. Morty in the chat, hello. Um, fun fact we did the recording of uh, um, Chris Crimbo of Vision this week. Vision. Crimbo O Vision. Is that right? Well, I think it was called Christmas Vision, but I, I uh, dubbed it Crimbo or Vision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I like yours better. Yeah. <laughs> Th- that was a fun recording, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, listen out for that uh, on the Morton Fit Show very soon. Scottish Danny in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? And then the the mad love for Carlos uh, from Morta, uh, Dan, uh, Mark, um, Look forward to Max telling us about the tournament in the Maldives no. next year. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that is amazing from Max the Younger. Sharon, well done, Carlos. That is epic. And then Dan Griffin, in with the shilling, <laughs> but make sure it's a Doctor Who t-shirt. Um, uh, Morty, dollar signs in his eyes of old Sam McMahon. Absolutely. Always rack, always grafting, mate. Always working. Exactly. <laughs> and Crimbo Vision, yes. Uh, Danny um, was uh, was part of Crimbo Vision. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience, let me tell you. I can imagine. I can imagine. I've heard back the Biscuit Vision. And what was the other one? Uh, that choco vision yeah it's it sounds like absolute chaos not even being involved you know i I don't think i'll be able to handle all those voices at once i think we're planning (laughs) crisp a vision and hopefully cheese a vision cheese a vision okay intriguing i will look forward to hearing them both (laughs) (laughs) love a bit of morty and fitch chaos absolutely brilliant podcast if you've not heard it go and check it out it is superb you can find them on twitter at morty underscore fitch, fitch underscore, underscore pod, i, think, I so. think yeah or at morty jr5 is is morty's account and i'm sure he'll retweet the shows for you so go and check that out there mm-hmm. magsy i suppose you know coming up now is our hall of lame segment but before we get into that there's something i want to just touch upon you okay. mentioned that your hall of lame would be a good topic to potentially cover over the Christmas period for a bit of a giggle. Now, for those who are unaware how the dates drop, uh, Monday around the Christmas period this year drops on Boxing Day. Magsy and I have thought we probably won't go live because it's Boxing Day and it's supposed to be with your families and all that sort of stuff. Um, but we will be pre-recording an episode for you that will come out at the same time. So you can still watch along, talk to people in the chat. I'll probably pop in the chat myself as I'm watching myself or some weird 
paradox bullshit like that. But it will still be there, and the podcast version will still come out later in the week as well, so you don't miss out on a chain wrestling show. We just won't potentially just won't be live itself, mm-hmm. so it won't be. Um, how did you describe it, Maxie? Won't be canon? Is that the term? Yeah, it, it won't be canon. It'll be like a, a spin-off episode. Yes, and Christmas without, special. Yeah, there we go. So, and without actually knowing what Maxie's topic is, I've kind of already agreed that this is what we're going to cover. <laughs> so, <laughs> without any idea what yeah. he's going to bring up. So, you shall we have a little look at it, mate? Shall we have a little look? Let's go for it. The whole oh. Mine's relatively quick, so should we get mine out of the way first before we dive into yours? Or do you want to just I mean, do it? Not- do you want to break tradition? Nah, bollocks, do yours go. <laughs> <laughs> so for my Hall of Lame this week, uh, I want to travel back to 2009. Now, um, there was there was a wrestler who has paid so many dues by 2009, really kind of uh, uh, been an, an understated hero. I need to cough. Oh, dear, dear, dear. See, and I was just saying last week, wasn't I? After we went off air last week, for those who are on, who, who, well, you wouldn't have heard it because it was off air, obviously. I said to Max then, do you know what, Max? I noticed after about 35, 40 minutes for the whole yeah. episode, you didn't cough. I, well, I didn't want to bring it up because it'll draw your attention to it. And here we go, Magsy. Yeah. Started Six, already. Sixteen minutes in this week, and you're coughing and spluttering. So yeah, you are obviously yeah. allergic to Monday nights. Yeah, apologies, uh, CWF. But anyway, let's 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 start again. So 2009, there was a, a wrestler who uh, had had certainly paid his dues. Was uh, a very underrated talent, and he lived in the the shadow uh, of of one of his family members for such a long, long time. Uh, I'm talking about Chavo Guerrero. Ooh, Chavo. Chavo, <gasps> now, Chavo has never been uh, a wrestler at the top of the card. He's always been uh, one of those wrestlers you can rely on to be a good mid-card wrestler. Um, and he's, he's never, he's always been saddled with um, some rough, rough gimmicks. I mean, we've covered Curve and White before. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2009, he got probably the push of his career. He got to uh, be in a storyline with one of the biggest stars in the company. Okay. And that star was Hornswoggle. Oh, fucking hell. So... I was actually getting excited then. Thinking, oh, where's this going? But no, Hornswoggle. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So this starts um, essentially on superstars. Now... <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> July the 9th, uh, 2009 superstars. Um, Vince McMahon actually orders... Um, Chavo to face um, to 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 face Hornswoggle on whilst fighting on his knees because Hornswoggle had bit Chavo uh, and uh, he was uh, Chavo was chasing Hornswoggle and they actually uh, ended up uh, fighting in um, in Vince's office so Vince forced this match upon them 
and this one and done essentially match ended up being just it, it just got absolutely milked to death because Vince is uh, an easy person to please if he finds something massively hilarious especially if it means ridiculing one of his uh, talents he runs with it so Superstar July the 9th um, Chavo is, is forced to fight on his knees so we get a couple of comedy spots where uh, he has to climb the ring steps on his knees he has to run the ropes on his knees um, he attempts uh, the three Anigos uh, doing the, the suplexes on his knees uh, there's plenty of times where he stands up and he's uh, told off by the referee. He gets bitten again on the hand when they're attempting the super slet, uh, superplex. And then after telling Hornswoggle he wasn't allowed to use the, the tadpole splash because it was his move, he lost to the tadpole splash. Um, so, like I said, right. you think this is one and done. Oh, no. This gets promoted to the A-show now. So, four days later on Raw... Uh, and we we are deep in the guest horse um, timeline of Raw. So we have Seth Green as guest horse, and he forces uh, Chavo to uh, face Hornswoggle with one hand tied behind his back. And with some very poignant and eerie foreshadowing, um, whilst Chavo is walking to the ring, Michael Cole says, on commentary, if you thought this was all over after Superstars this past Thursday, well, it's not. Chavo loses this match uh, when he attempts a, a one-armed three amigos, and that led to a small package where Hornswoggle <laughs> uh, picks up the win. Uh, Hornswoggle is then mocking Chavo because he's 2-0 up, and the king makes the joke that Chavo has come up on the short end twice now. So, <laughs> this carries on. The next week, July the 20th from Raw, we've got ZZ Top as the as the guest horse. And Chavo said he's sick of the disrespect. Um, and ZZ Top have a match planned for him and Hornswoggle. A tuxedo match. But because this is ZZ, ZZ Top, they rechristened this match as the sharp-dressed man match. Because uh. comedy. I see what they did there, Max. Yep. During these en- the entrances, we see that Charvo's trouser legs have been sewn together. So he has to waddle, essentially, like a penguin. Um, Hornswoggle wins this match when he ends up uh, stripping off uh, the tuxedo from Charvo, making it three matches to the good. And to add racist insult to racist injury, Charvo was wearing chili pepper boxer shorts because Mexican. Right, okay, (laughs) because Mexican. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we get to the 27th of July Raw. This time, it's Shaquille O'Neal who's the guest horse, and we get a a little promo where Shaquille O'Neal and Hornswoggle are squaring up, uh, looking like they're going to get to fisticuffs. And it turns out that Shaquille O'Neal went to high school with Hornswoggle, apparently. 
Charvo thinks that he's going to get his revenge on Hornswoggle after weeks of uh, having the deck stacked against him. But Lillian Garcia announces that Shaq has made this a blindfold match. Um, yeah, so it's not a blindfold match for both of them. It's just Charvo that is blindfolded. So after okay. shenanigans uh, and Charvo missed, uh, misses a, a blindfolded frog splash, Hornswoggle picks up the win with the tadpole splash. You think it's all over? No, it's not. It's not. August the 3rd, 2009, Raw. Um, we have Jeremy Piven and uh, Dr. Ken Jong as a uh, guest host. And uh, Chavo demands a rematch from uh, for, from the host to, for uh, Hornswoggle. But after he mistakes Dr. Ken for the guy from Heroes, uh, Chavo's match is, is changed up. Um, but Hornswoggle is apparently suffering, and this is verbatim, from adult chicken pox. Ken and Jeremy have, have, uh, have drafted in um, Hornswoggle's cousin, uh, his cousin Mark Swoggle, <laughs> aka the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, in a green bowler hat. As as you can guess, this was a very, very quick uh, squash match for, for Mark Swoggle. August the 10th, Raw. Sergeant Slaughter is the guest host, and he makes a match where uh, Hornswoggle and Mark Swoggle will face Charvo and a partner of Charvo's choosing. But Charvo can't wrestle. He's got an injury due to the, the attack from Mark Swoggle last week. So he drafts in a replacement um, tag team. Uh, he drafts in Legacy, uh, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. Um, but, and despite Mark Swoggle uh, physically dominating the match, uh, Legacy ends up uh, winning. So... Essentially, Charvo's got a win, but not really because he didn't uh, take part in the match. So the next week uh, on Raw, the 17th of August, it's the go-home to, to SummerSlam. Uh, Charvo and Hornswoggle face off in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, now, you would think that Charvo would have the uh, the upper hand on this one. Uh, no kind of a physical um, um, limitations to him. But no, uh, he chases Charvo backstage. Um, uh, he chases Hornswoggle backstage, uh, sorry, uh, and ends up uh, walking into a hanging paint can a la Home Alone. Oh, Knocks himself clean God. out, and Hornswoggle sneakily picks up the victory. Um, Charvo wakes up, doesn't know what's going on, and uh, out walks um, Macaulay Culkin. Because Home Alone. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. So we've got Mexican Pants and Macaulay Culkin so far. Yep. Next, it's uh, the 24th of August. This is still plenty of, of legs in this feud. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> guest host Floyd Money Mayweather uh, has ordered Hornswoggle and Charvo to uh, face each other in a boxing match this time. And just as, about, as they're about to... Uh, to get into the fisticuffs, Charvo is forced to take off his boxing gloves and put on some comically large, just arm-sized boxing gloves. <laughs> um, Charvo loses this match by DQ, 
when he uh, takes off his gloves and uh, reverts to using wrestling holds to attack Hornswoggle. And this is when um, we get uh, an added dimension to this feud because Evan Bourne comes out to to save Hornswoggle from a beatdown. Next, we're on the 31st. Bear in mind, this started in July. At the very at the beginning of July, we're now at the end of August, and um, the American Dream Dustin Rhodes is the guest host, and um, he was famous for the Texas Bull Rope match, so he makes uh, Chavo and Hornswoggle face off in the Texas Bull Rope match. But there's a little bit of a twist in this match. Um, Hornswoggle comes out dressed as a, a Texan cowboy, and Chavo comes out wearing a, a cow costume. Right. And just before the two are strapped together with the, the bull rope, Chavo is meant to put on a huge cow head <laughs> that he can't see out of. Okay. Um, Hornswoggle ends up winning this match when he hogtars Chavo uh, in, instead of, you know, touching the, 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 the ropes or whatever. Which has um, like, been the standard practice for decades. Correct. Um, and then after some post-match uh, shenanigans, Evan Bourne comes out uh, again and Hornswoggle hits the tadpole splash whilst wearing the, the cow head that, that uh, Chavo Guerrero had on. Now, you would think that that was the end, but no, there's still more to come. Raw on the 7th of September 2009, uh, and this time Chavo has actually got a new opponent. Um, guest host Bob Barker from the Prices Rat offers Chavo uh, a new Corvette, brand new Corvette, if he can beat Evan Bourne. And just as he's about to beat Evan Bourne, um, Hornswoggle comes from under the ring uh, with a super soaker. Um, but the, the the water gun doesn't work uh, as intended, and Chavo goes to attack Hornswoggle, but is schoolboyed by Evan Bourne, for the, for the win, and he's lost out on the on the brand new Corvette. So we then get to the fourteenth of September two thousand nine, and this is uh, the raw after ba- breaking point, um, where uh, Evan Bourne had beat Chavo in a dark match. Uh, Evan and uh, Hornswoggle teamed up to face Chavo and Carlito. Hornswoggle picks up the win uh, after he uh, stole the apple of Carlito, spat it into the face of Chavo, and hit the tadpole splash. Next, on Raw, the 21st of September 2009, Chavo has finally had enough of this bullshit. He's sick to death of being made a laughingstock at the hands of these guest horse and challenges this week's guest host, Cedric the Entertainer, to a match uh, with Santino Morella as the guest referee. So Cedric the Entertainer, uh, he wrestles in a luchador mask because there's some very suspicious under-the-ring switches where uh, a much larger Cedric the Entertainer uh, pops out of one side of the ring, beats up Charvo, and then a very much smaller and, and quite recognisable uh, Cedric, uh, the entertainer, comes out for uh, a René Cuajo, which is Spanish for tadpole, splash, and oh, gets the win. Dear. 
We finally get to the end of September from something that started in July. We we get a blow off to this feud. Well, a blow off for now because uh, they pick this feud back up later on in the year. But it's a blow off for the feud for now. Chavo teams up with Chris Masters to face Santino Umbrella and Hornswoggle. Uh, Chris Masters ended up picking up the win when he uh, he locks the master lock onto uh, Santino Morella um, and and puts him out. Uh, Chris Masters then puts Hornswoggle in the master lock, and then in a monumental face turn, Chavo punches Chris Masters to break the master lock before walking up the ramp, confused about what he had just done. So my entrant for this week's Hall of Lame is the is the 13-match feud between Hornswoggle and Chavo Guerrero. My God. Talk about milking a, a storyline. Not even a storyline. It's just nonsense. It's just absolute yeah. nonsense. All stemming from Vince McMahon wanting a match where Chavo embarrasses himself. 13 matches. No, hang on. How much of this did you want to cover at Christmas? All of the 13 matches. Well, to why be are fair, you way? why are you like To this? be fair, only two matches are more than four minutes long, and multiple matches are a minute long. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a look we'll have a look oh man that sounds horrific but there's a lot of moving parts there as well I suppose Mark Henry's involved and, and all these different guest hosts as well mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'll let you have that my notes ter- <laughs> yeah if you would mate just email them over that's <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so that's uh, for us all to look forward to over the festive period <laughs> brilliant oh dear uh i think people will be very very happy to know that my hall of lame will take not anywhere near as long to explain uh there's a couple of reasons i was looking at this certain aspect i mean initially what i was going to put in was how wwe reinvents people Mm -hmm. so when you get the nxt one is a big one isn't it you get certain talents from nxt they come up to the main roster and they get you know repackaged and so on and it's embarrassing and then there's also occasions where they sign wrestlers from from other companies that sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i mean they did it a great deal in the 80s they gave them a lot of a cartoony character-esque you know um sort of stories and scripts and so on And, and in that era a lot of it probably worked more than it didn't maxi i would say yeah, yeah, but I suppose we 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 weren't as savvy with wrestling mm-hmm. back then as we we were as we are now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, sometimes, of course, there's you know glaring misses that they then fix. I mean, you got the ringmaster that was a glaring miss that then mm-hmm. became Stone Cold Steve Austin was obviously a massive hit, of course. However, I don't understand how this error was initially made. By the wwf and it, it basically was such a glaring one for me even though it's such a short tiny run in this individual's career it overtook my whole mindset of the, that feeling of repackaging people in the incorrect way uh, when you've got someone who has a built-in gimmick already 
someone who has a story themselves that is effectively real life and also based upon where they're from and so on. And this has worked elsewhere. I don't understand why the WWF feel the need to change it. But what happened in 1998, as late as 98 magazine, it's not even like they can get away with saying it was the eight, you know, the eighties and cartoony. The WWF bought in a, somebody with a, a shoot background to a degree known for fighting real fist fights and also had a, a brilliant stuck up snooty English character from WCW. And that was Lord Stephen Regal. Now, when he arrived in the WWF, his name was altered eventually to William Regal. But in WCW, we had Lord Stephen Regal. We had his his butler or his aide with him as well. We had the Blue Bloods tag team um, or group, I suppose. It went on to be more than just a tag team because you had Bobby Eaton involved. And you also had uh, Dave Taylor involved as well. So he had, effectively he had his own little stable there with his, with his mm-hmm. butler and so on as well. This could have been absolutely sodding brilliant in 1998 in the WWF. But instead of that, we got the real man's man, William Regal. He's a man. Now, don't get me wrong. The theme music is comically brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if you're going to play this gimmick, if you're, if you're adamant this is a great idea, and apparently it was a Russo idea, surprise, surprise. But if you're adamant you've got this this character you want to, to use, by all means, crack on. But when you've got someone like William Regal, who is talented on the microphone, talented in the ring, uh, you know, a built-in gimmick of the English person and, and and so on there that can draw the heel heat from being non-American, I guess. Why did they dress him up like this? You had a guy who used to come to the ring and put on great mat, mat-based wrestling contests. And here he is in denim shorts, pasty white Blackpool English skin, <laughs> checked flannel shirts, and for some reason, a hard hat because, you know, <laughs> things fall from the ceiling quite often in WWE arenas. Obviously, we had all these vignettes running of him doing incredibly manly things. Uh, I mean, Magsy, you're a very much a, you know, a staunch manly man from Burnley, aren't you? Up north, or, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you, you quite often chop wood outside your house, don't you? And uh, often shave with, a, with an open straight razor and so on. That make, That's what makes people a man, isn't it? I've got an open straight razor. Have um, you? Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I am manly like that. (laughs) A manly man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this obviously bombed. The guy was involved in, I think, maybe one pay-per-view appearance uh, and a few matches on on television and then weekend TV show or highlight syndicated TV shows as well. It dropped down to. But they weren't finished with the character. Apparently, Russo had more plans and he was going to push him back up the card again with a couple of tweaks, according to Russo. Now, in this instance, people who have uh, people who suffer with uh, addiction problems and, you know, those the demons, isn't it? The, the wrestling term. I feel incredibly sorry for them 
obviously because of what they put themselves through. In this instance, this saved William Regal's career because the guy went into rehab and when he came back, he was the William Regal that we now know and love and went on to be a European champion and continental champion and so on. And the gimmick was dropped by the time Regal returned from rehab. He entered rehab in, in theory, not just for his personal life at the right time, but for his career as well. But yeah, my entrance into the chain wrestling hall of lane this week isn't necessarily William Regal as the real man's man, but more the mishandling of William Regal as this character when he first arrived, Max. It's a, it's a, a really, really good pick. Um, we just think if, if this, this gimmick would have, uh, would have stuck, we wouldn't have got the William Regal that, that we, that, that we absolutely adored the King Regal. Uh, we wouldn't have got Tajiri and William Regal and their, uh, kind of like odd couple partnership, um, yeah, and maybe wouldn't have got involved in, in NXT. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it was almost a, a death knell for his career. It was. Banging entrance theme, though. We've got to give him that. That was yeah, that's <laughs> a <huge> man. <laughs> uh, Maxi, should we have a quick flick through the chat and uh, see what people are saying about these Hall of Lame entrants and other things too before we get on to our non-wrestling topic? Yes, we shall. Um, first of all, will you agree with this one? Sharon saying sad doesn't like change. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Dan, Dan Griffin, um, uh, Chavo not at the top of the card. He was the face of ECW for about a month. Yeah, but that's that's like being the face of, of your house. It doesn't really mean anything. That's probably about as many people who, who were watching it. Main event More- velocity or something. <laughs> jacked <laughs> main eventing jacked <laughs> jesus crap um morty saying i can see sir gradually dying behind the eyes uh, the more mags he talked and the more matches that he listed initially i was thinking this is great for the hall of lane because it's funny this is and it's it's perfect for the hall of lane but then the more matches mags explained about the more i realized i have kind of agreed to watch all this shit yeah, and, that's and, what I and, <laughs> and that and that was kind of like one of the 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 points I was making. Yeah, it was funny the first couple of times. Yes. But this went on for, for the best part of three months. It went on through all the way through the summer, um, week in week out. Uh, Hornswoggle versus Chavo. It's I'm actually kicking, high talented. It's kicking Chavo. a joke. It's a kicking a joke to death. Basically, yeah, yeah Chavo's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, and he, his character work kept this going a lot longer than it it, it had any right doing. And mm. I suppose he'll look back at it. He was on Raw every week, and he was um, he was interacting with the guest host, which is a pretty big spot. Uh, but yeah, this was he just looked a fool every single week. Anyway, back to the comments. Um, Mark, the glutton for punishment wrestling Jeebus, <laughs> says Coco Beware versus the Mountain and stories from Charwell versus Hornswoggle. You are just spoiling us this week. <sighs> Jesus, Mark. Jeebus. Sorry, Jeebus, Mark. Jeebus. <laughs> Scottish Daddy 2009 was a hard watch for Raw viewers. Do, do you know what actually pissed me off more about it was that later in the year, Hornswoggle was with DX, and, mm. and and Chavo was still stuck where he was. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Jesus. 
Um, Scottish Danny Hornswoggle ruined DX, the Raw GM, the Cruiserweight <laughs> Division, and Charvo's career. <laughs> oh. King Pig's Bladder, um, enough mags, stop, we can't take any more. <laughs> That's what people were yelling when they were watching it. We can't take any more of this, stop. <laughs> Best thing Hornswoggle ever did was WLC. Yep, that's absolutely... I agree with that wholeheartedly. Sir, you do not look impressed at Mexican pants. <laughs> There's only so many uh, shitting your pants jokes around the phrase, phrase Mexican pants from Dan Griffin. Scottish Daddy again. There's a reason I never clicked on the 2009 Raw icon on the WWE. <laughs> skips past it and just pretends that year never existed. I thought that was kind of like his. Oh no, no, it's more like 2005, six, seven, isn't it? A Scottish Danny's sort of wheelhouse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Griffin. I haven't seen a look that upset and scared since I give Fitch his forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> Connor says, I'm convinced Mags hates us all with these terrible matches. I watch him so you don't have to. That's So I'm doing you a service. I'm reminding you just how terrible wrestling can be. Uh, Pig's Bad is saying this was the best theme ever. Uh, talking about the, the man's man one, absolutely. And then uh, Wrestling Jeebus, Mags is a man, such a man. <laughs> And Scottish Danny, wrestling Jeebus, a real man's man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Wept. Terrible stuff, mate. Terrible stuff. And Terrible. I, I would love to be able to turn around now and go, but it's okay because we've got some great wrestling to watch later on. But we fucking haven't. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you so much, everybody in the CWF, for your comments and thoughts there. Uh, Magsy, I suppose we better dive on with our non-wrestling topic this week, hadn't we? NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Big old belch. Um... <laughs> Our non-wrestling topic this week was tied in a little bit with us asking for the CWF to vote for the worst option on our poll. So from that, we get worsts. Worst meal out, worst party you've been to, worst day at work, worst concert, worst movie, worst anything at all, worst dates, anything. Anything goes as long as it was the worst. And we've got some quite interesting tales, Max, haven't we? We we did. Um, Steve or certainly regaled us with a new Steve or section, but he did indeed. Yes. He did indeed. Uh, I will read them out in the order they arrived into us as close as I can because I got a new phone and I kind of fucked it all up. So it's going to be interesting. Got a new like, phone. We did cost mate, mate. Honestly, trust me, it cost me no money because if it costed money, I would not have got it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we start with Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says, worst meal goes to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet at a place oh. that was called Jumbo's. <laughs> that, that very authentic Chinese name of Jumbo. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, this is yeah. not going to end badly. It's not at all, is it? <laughs> it was the type of place that did okay food but was closed many times due to food safety violations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, food. 
This food is okay when you're not getting the shit from it. But it was cheap, so you risked it. Oh, my God. Uh, until I got food poisoning four hours after eating there once. <laughs> Needless to say, I never went back, and the owner was eventually banned from operating any food service business of any kind <laughs> in 2012. Oh, my God. It's called Jumbo's. It's closed down on a regular basis, but you still think, you know what? I could save a few quid. (laughs) (laughs) Just I'll risk like intestinal issues for the sake of a father, essentially. Yeah, me. Jumbos. That's amazing. (laughs) Dan Griffin also says his worst event experience was at WrestleFest before Clash at the Castle. Over one and a half hours queuing just to get in the venue. 20 minutes queue to get a token, despite having a ticket. 15 minutes queuing to meet Bret Hart, which was awesome, he says here. And then 40 minutes queuing to get his photo. Outside the venue, we queued in the rain. Inside, it was unbearably hot with one open bar, but you lose your spot in the queue. No communication from staff on where to go or what to do. Absolute shambles and a money grab from a chance of dickhead. Met Bret Hart, though, for 15 seconds. Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds worth it. Yeah, I'd be. I'd get me air off of all that, mate. All that standing around and fucking about with that. Yeah, that that would piss me off. Queuing, I hate it. I hate it with a vengeance. Yeah, especially if you can see the bar, but you can't go and get it, get a drink. Mm-hmm. That's that makes it even worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris one on Twitter. He says went to Cardiff back in September. It was a bit shit. Cheers, mate. Because we were all there. <laughs> maybe that's what was shit about it. Yeah, maybe it's because you were. There. Maybe it's because you weren't there, Max. Let's look at it that way, shall we? It's pr- missed- yeah, it's very likely to be that he missed you far too much. <laughs> uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, and this is a very specific worst one. This is a very specific worst <laughs> scenario, okay? and also quite harrowing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Danny tells us here about his worst cash point experience. <laughs> I mean, something we struggle with on a daily basis. Mm, yeah. I mean, you have varying levels of enjoyment at a cash point, obviously. So Danny's worst cash point experience, uh, he says he had in 2018. He remembers the day well, Max. He was drawing out some cash and a tenor came out that had what appeared to be blood stains on it. <laughs> I sometimes wonder what the story of that was and how it got there. What Danny doesn't say is it, it, the blood stains were on his hands. He put yeah. the blood there <laughs> from his latest victim. I mean, yeah, exactly. We've all had cash machine issues. Usually they chew up a card or they may not have any £10 notes and you have to just deal with all 20s. But Danny, you have to deal with all the 20s. No, but (laughs) but what I'm getting at is Danny, of all the people in the world, the the stabbiest person in the world gets blood soaked money from his cash machines. I think that (laughs) I don't think this is a problem with the cash machine. I think this is a problem with, with Danny. He gets himself in these situations. There's only there's only so many times you can blame other elements of the situation before you come to the conclusion that that he is the the factor in this. 
only so many times you can blame the body for not keeping the blood in. You mean, is that what you get? <laughs> it's your fault you got stabbed. <laughs> I also like the description you've given him. And maybe this should be in his Twitter bio. Danny, the stabbiest person around. <laughs> <laughs> Does exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, Connor, at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. He says here, last year, my senior year of high school, we travelled to play one of our main league rivals. Uh, they were the best team in our league and play in their... Sorry, I can't, I'm struggling a little bit here. And play in their guys was going to be tough. Oh, playing their guys was going to be tough as their fans are loud and abusive and the officials always tend to call the games their way. Uh, I'm not sure what sport he's referring to here, to be honest. He doesn't actually mention. If you're in the chat, Connor, let us know, my friend. Uh, he continues... This was our second game of the season as we played league games twice, home and away, and we beat them once at home. But home, the game started and it was about as rough as it could get. Lots of hard fouls, players pushing and shoving, benches almost cleared twice. To get to the point in the game, and to get to the point in the game ended, and we were going through the handshake line as always at the end of the game. And their fans started to throw stuff at us. <laughs> Why? Trash, plastic bottles, etc. And we had to be escorted by police officers to the locker room. Oh my god! Whoa. This is like college ultras. This is like you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's a very big thing though, isn't it? Like uh, high school and college sports in in America. Mm. Like, yeah, they'll exactly. fill stadiums to go and watch college college sports. Um. They had to be escorted by police officers to the locker room because their fans would block out the entranceway out of the gym and try to block us from getting to the to said locker room. All of this, if a bunch of teenagers playing a game, they found the parents and home students involved and banned them from any event after that. Wow. My God, that's that's intense. And Connor says in the chat it was basketball. Um, ah, yeah. And the- and he forgot how to English yesterday when he sent the tweets. Ah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. You got to, it's like if anyone's not, it's an anchor man, it's like Ron Burgundy. If you don't put the punctuation in, I, I just read what's in front of me. It could be anything. Stay you know? classy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Who typed a question mark? <laughs> that is exactly what happens with me, mate. Exactly what happens with me. That isn't that is incredible, though, isn't it? I mean, you kids playing sports and and that happening. That's that's terrible. Yeah, it's they're a passionate bunch of the the Americans. Americans. A- any uh, any any opportunity for a, a dust up, and they're all mm, in on it. Yes, indeed. Uh, Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says here, oh, we've had this before for uh, I think a movie non wrestling mm-hmm. topic that we mentioned, and I've still not seen it, Max. So obviously I stuck to my usual procedure with that one there. When I said How I'm going to go away, do you not want to watch a film with John Travolta as a dreadlocked alien? Sold it to me, mate. I'm going to seek it out this evening. Screw NXT. We will not. <laughs> <laughs> Worst film, Graham says. Battlefield Earth. Tempting to say Fargo, as I've bought that film sucks so bad, despite winning Oscars. Now, I've not seen Fargo, which will be I, a surprise to absolutely nobody. I've not seen the movie. I've seen some of the... It ended up being like made into a, a, a series. Mm, um, okay. I think, Mar, I think Martin Freeman uh, was in it from, from The Office. Yeah, that uh, rings and, about. I think I've seen the adverts. Yeah. Um, but even that wasn't that good. Mm. Very... Arty farty film. 
Uh, I won't bother with that then. I'll just watch Die Hard again. That'll do me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you be dying. <laughs> Cam at CamGriff92 on Twitter. Worst cinema trip ever actually started pretty good. Me and a mate went for a curry. Oh dear. Me and a mate went for a curry that was absolutely banging, then to see Sicario. What a bag of dicks. <laughs> Never watched it again and fuck trying to watch the sequel. When he said me and a mate went for a curry, I envisioned the end of the story ending up with him shitting himself in the cinema for some reason. I mean, it may have done just for some enjoyment. I can't say I've seen Sicario or Sicario 2. Um, I don't even, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I've not seen it, so I can't tell you what it's about, but... I've, no, hang on. Don't don't pull that face and, and talk. You explained to me what Fargo was and you've not seen Fargo. No, but it's ba- the show. The TV show was based off the film. Oh, okay. So yeah, you snippy, snippy little bitch. What was that all about? <laughs> snippy little bitch. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stevo at Total Stevo on Twitter. Everybody say what time is it? It's Stevo. We have here from Stevo, uh, Christ. This is a at Rantermeisters pod, ain't it? Lol. No, it's not. It's Chain Wrestling Live. Trust me. We've had so many non wrestling topics. I can guarantee we did it first. Uh, worsts. Wow. Wow. At work on Friday, had two staff for Fresh Department. Normally, the, this is another story where Steve absolutely fucking hates everything to do with his job, his colleagues, yeah. and his boss, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Uh, at work on Friday, had two staff for the Fresh Department. Normally, there would be five. Had 17 cages. By 10, we had four left, which, considering there was only me and Marion filling, was incredibly quick. Well done, Marion. Proud of you. I only took half... <laughs> just Steve or barely none of that. <laughs> I only took a half hour break, been there since 10 to 4. Yeah, Steve worked some crazy hours, man, didn't he? Re- restocking's best done in the early hours, I would assume. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the other team leader comes in 20 minutes late. Dickhead move, that is. Late as ever. She is scum, by the way. That's Steve. <laughs> Brilliant. That's um, <laughs> manager, uh, she is scum, by the way. Manager complains, I've done a poor job. I could have clotheslined him. I just left. <laughs> I could have clotheslined. Can you imagine Steve just like clotheslining his manager? That would be awesome. A proper old fashioned, like jumping, flying, barrier, lariat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a close man from hell style. <laughs> just takes the guy's head off and walks away. Grabs a Mars bar on his way out for effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two bottles Steve- of milk. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Steve O continues. Worst date investing weeks of my time in building an incredible rapport online with someone from Wales. Decided to meet after a few after a few weeks took me five hours to get to her i could immediately tell when we met she wasn't interested we barely spoke oh man that would be wounding she cried saying how she couldn't believe i came and that i was a real person i just got up and left (laughs) so she she cried because you were real Mm. Perhaps she wanted to be groomed and didn't expect to. I don't know. Does that happen? <laughs> I'm disappointed you are not a 14 year old girl. Well, I don't know. That's crazy. Bloody hell. Uh, 
I just got up and left, as Steve-O says. This was at my peak of online dating. I went home and shagged someone else. <laughs> All's well then, then Yeah, go on, Steve-O. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> uh, Steve-O says here, went to watch In Between Us 2 with a woman I was seeing secretly and genuinely cared for. When you say seeing her secretly, did she know? I mean, you follow on, and it doesn't sound like she she did. Oh, okay. She invited her best mate, who informed me that Sharon wasn't interested. It really upset me, and the film was terrible too. Double whammy. Still haven't got over it. Just the kick in the nuts that the film was wanky. Yeah, the film was crap. Oh, man, that's terrible in it as well. I know. I mean, it's everyone at some point in their life had their heart broken, aren't they? You know, where they really like someone, and and that person doesn't feel the same way or only sees them as a friend or something like that. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's terrible, man. Yeah. But there is somebody out there. I mean, trust me, if I can get married to somebody as amazing as Sharon, trust me, there's somebody out there for everybody, isn't there, Magsy? Do you know what I mean? She tolerates my bullshit. <laughs> you know, Steve was a much nicer fella than I am. <laughs> uh, Steve continues here as well. Went to an all you can eat Chinese near where I live. Was it called Jumbos? <laughs> no way Dan Griffin has gone to a Chinese uh, all you can eat and paid 25 quid. I was actually thinking maybe Jumbos was a chain or the guy, <laughs> the, the, the guy who had the Jumbos up north when he got shut down, he just <laughs> pissed off down south. <laughs> he moved to London and thought, I could make way more when he's serving this shower of shark food down there. Yeah, exactly. 25 quid, Steve-O says here. Had barely anything on offer and was more like a bunch of people just went to Iceland and cooked up anything they had. <laughs> so they'd made their own little party buffet. <laughs> Oh, that was uh, cooked and of anything they sold that was Chinese. Never again did I go. <laughs> Mags, no shit. <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat sounds like Steve O went into the Chinese after me. <laughs> there was no food left. Yeah. Oh. Apart from a big pile of shit in the doorway. Where oh, wouldn't it be amazing if somehow? If somehow those two stories were linked, Dan Griffin ended up poorly because he ate all the food, and Steve O ended up with no food because Dan Griffin ate all the damn food. That's amazing. <laughs> that is that's how that story will go now. Like yeah. we made up stories for uh, uh, Scottish Danny being uh, stabby and being from Maidstone. That story now is is kayfabe. With, yeah, there we go. Along with those the two Maidstone. shared a Chinese. <laughs> Along with the Maidstone stabber, Steve-O and Dan Griffin's night out at Jumbo's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Steve-O also continues. So, E-Tones going to London Zoo? I don't know what that is. Um, sometimes, I think it might be. Oh, yeah, there's just a letter missing. I'm such a knobhead. Sometimes going to London Zoo. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than E-Tones. E-Tones isn't even a word. You dumb motherfucker! <laughs> Sorry. Um, sometimes going to London Zoo can be very stressful. And ironically, I go there to relieve stress. But the other week, it was like every school in London was there. And I deliberately go late in the day to avoid the crowds. Everywhere I turned, hundreds of children. I left after 30 minutes. See, Steve goes to the zoo a lot, mind, doesn't he? It does, yeah. You know, it must be nice having somewhere like that that you can just pop along to and, and just love going around looking at all the animals I, and so I on. I think he's, I think he's got a membership there as well. So oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, he, he lasted longer than I would—thirty minutes. Mm. Just, just horrific. Yeah. Full of kids, full of kids. Horrible. 
I used to go to this. Um, hear me out. Don't jump straight on what I'm about to say and take the piss because I know that's that that is your way. But I used to like go into this garden centre, right? Because and and that's not where the thing stops. So don't jump on that bit. I used to like go into this garden centre because at the back of the garden centre they had a separate um, like aquarium place, okay. and there's loads of fish tanks set up, marine tanks, tropical tank, all. And it was I loved it. And even when I had several fish tanks at one stage and you know i'd love to have another one now but this house is, is just not laid out in the way it should be for that to happen but i used to love just going and even if i wasn't buying any fish or any plants or anything like that, just looking at the fish all the time i loved it it was great so what part of that am i going to jump on and, and slate you for well when i said i used to like when you know we're talking about steve-o going somewhere to relieve stress and I say, I used to go to this garden center. I thought you were going to jump on me and rip the piss at me because I'd be like looking at fucking hose pipes or something, you know? No, wrong with a good horse, Pat. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I've actually got a, a little bit of a, a story kind of linked to, to this one of Steve O's. Um, so we talked about going uh, late in the day to avoid crowds and stuff like that. One time, um, me and, and Lorraine were both off work on the same day. We dropped the kids off at school and we snuck to Blackpool to go to the Pleasure Beach. Um, and it was without the it, kids, without the kids. <laughs> and, it was, and it was so quiet that when we got off a ride, we literally could just go and get straight back on it. Um, Why? We, we would have stayed on the ride, um, but, but uh, by the regulations, you had to get off and then walk back through the 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 the, the bit with the turnstile. But yeah, we had such a brilliant day. I must have got on the big one 10 times that day. The ass blast. Yeah, we were just getting off the ride and straight back on before it set off again. Yeah, it was the best day ever. It was glorious weather as well. Uh, we came back. And we didn't tell the kids for six months. Fantastic! Did they kick off? Yeah. They oh, they were fuming, and they were all there at this time. They were all in like uh, um, kind of like uh, infant and junior school, so they would have absolutely loved a day out in Blackpool. But uh, yeah, they they had you were like bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and back then I think it was only like it was because it was like off peak season. Uh, it was like fifteen quid each for the for the tickets, and we we abused that. It it would have worked out to about ten p a rad by the wow. time we'd finished. It was just the best day ever. Capped off by visiting the <laughs> Jumbo's Chinese drive thru on the way home, <laughs> yeah, and not getting the shits. <laughs> it was just a win win. <laughs> uh, uh, Stevo also says here, last one from our good friend Stevo. He says, biggest regret for me is between the ages of 18 and 22. I have never kept gig flyers or tickets uh, to see in later years the bands I've seen. Anyhow, I also drank heavily and never remember. All I remember from Chaos Witch Engage uh, is playing extra lemon grove was dislocating my knee. Horrific. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I had, um, I, I've been to so many, I've seen so many bands and gigs and concerts and, and so on. It's, it's basically what I've done for decades. That was my thing. And I wish I'd kept all my ticket stubs because, well, first of all, I did keep a great deal of them. I had them all in like th this folder and it was all laid out really nice. But then, you know, I, I, that was one of the things that went missing, shall we say, when me and an ex-partner parted ways many, many, many years ago. But also things all kind of blend into one now. Well, I'm a bit older and I've, you know, have a habit of 
emptying a few jars at a gig things all blend into one and there's so many occasions where somebody will mention a band and i'll be like i think i've seen them but i'm not sure do you know what I mean? And there's like literally a list of hundreds, plenty thousands of bands I've seen, but it all kind of just blends into one or two moments in my mind. And it's all a bit blurry, Magsy. Yep. Amazing. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> I don't drink, so. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't relate. At official AB underscore POS on Twitter. AB recorded with uh, Dan Griffin and I for the Doctor Who pod this week or weekend. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, she was a guest on there. And her, I think Dan and AB and I are the best of friends ever because they both got equally, you know, smutty and daft minds. Put it this way, it got to a stage where I was thinking, oh my God, that's enough, surely. But these two were just roaring away. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Did, did you feel like the, the, the odd one out, the goose? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. They could potentially make a nice couple. Oh, that's Might, cute. Yeah. Yeah, but, until um, he until he travels five hours to meet her, and then she says, "I don't think you were a real person." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely brilliant talking to AB. I've been interacting with us on Twitter for an incredibly long time, and actually getting them on the Doctor Who pod to talk about her favorite Doctor, their favorite Doctor, and a particular story of her. It went three and a half hours, Maxie. I got such an editing job to do; it's unreal, but it was worth it. Such a brilliant time. So yeah, AB says here. I don't know about worst date, but I can tell you the worst ex of mine would be the one that purposely gave me salmonella, forcing a 14-hour ER visit, and the nurse telling me I had almost died from dehydration. Oh, wow. my God. That's life-threatening. That is that's in, that's insane. Yeah, purposely. We're gonna have to get more details. We're gonna have to get more details. Purposely giving them some. Yeah, yeah. It's sure that's illegal. It's like assault, attempted murder, maybe. Yeah, that's bad, isn't it? I suppose it's proving the intent, but AB would know. But it's proving it, isn't it? I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll see if I can get some more info. Uh, And finally, we have Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. (laughs) He says he once went to Sheffield Wednesday versus Wimbledon with some mates that support Sheffield Wednesday. Due to leaving the pub late and booze causing us to get off at the wrong tram stop, we missed the first 70 minutes of the game and the first four goals. I remember, he's t- I think he's told that story. I don't know if it was on, on this show, uh, but he has told that story before and it's it doesn't get any less funny. It's That's insane. That is insane. <laughs> Ah, oh dear. Uh, that's all I've got, I think, from Twitter, Maxi, unless I've missed any. Uh, no, I think that was, you nailed every one of them. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so, so much to everybody who messaged in on Twitter and wherever else and got involved in this week's non-wrestling topic. Absolutely brilliant stuff, as always. Uh, Maxi, you got any worsts you want to share? Um, yeah, a couple. Um, the worst time at a cinema was when i went to a late night screening of the movie contact i think i've I've mentioned it on this show before uh and i fell asleep before the end uh in the cinema woke up to the end credits so went again because i wanted to catch the end and fell asleep yet again and didn't actually catch the end of the film until um i bought it on dvd 
So that was fun and a massive waste of money. Um, I once took um, uh, Lorraine out for um, for our anniversary. We went to a uh, to go and get um, a meal, and she got a curry. And uh, when the curry arrived, it was like cold, like cold enough that you could stick your finger in it. So we uh, mentioned it to the waiter, and they took it back. Uh, brings brings a, a, a fresh curry, and that one was so hot that it scalded her because uh, you get her in like these metal bowls yep. don't you, with handles. She grabs the the the, the metal bowl to pour some on a plate, yeah, and uh, it actually scalded her, and she she had a scar there. Um, so that was a fun anniversary. Yeah. Oh dear me! <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got a free meal out oh. of it because we didn't end up paying, mm. but which is win-win. Um, but yeah, she ended up with a scar on her hand from it. So well, you didn't burn yourself, and you didn't have to pay for nothing. And I had steak, and it was delicious. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, this is something that I think some people will be familiar with, but uh, potentially the worst holiday I've ever had. We went away somewhere. The wife and I and, and the kids went away somewhere, and it's corresponding with Sharon's friend's wedding that we're all invited to. So we went and stayed, made a week of it down there and all this sort of stuff. Um, everyone got really poorly from the food in the restaurant, spent the whole week throwing up, didn't leave the apartment. My wife was the only one who ventured out to the, to the, to the wedding itself. And I basically paid a shit ton of money to spend five to six days clearing up puke. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, mm. I think I've told a story on, on here before about when I broke my kneecap in Turkey so yeah. that was fun. Spent, <laughs> oh. spent a fortune doing that uh, to to spend the rest of like the holiday basically limping everywhere and not going to a Turkish hospital because I wanted to keep the leg. Right. Yep. Okay. You <laughs> thought it was going to end up on one, on one of those spinners like a kebab or something. <laughs> yeah, kebab, <laughs> eating it. This is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> mm, tastes like... Burnley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can taste. I can taste the cigarette smoke in it. <laughs> oh man, gross! Uh, what have we got in the chat, Bird? Before we uh, jump forth into a little bit of wrestling talk. So Dan Griffin says, uh, going to the cheap chicken uh, Chinese buffet is living up to the Yorkshire uh, stereotype. He would rather risk that gastro gastroenteritis than than pay an adequate amount of money for his food. He also says Millwall Chris ended up in his hotel room that night in Cardiff, so no wonder he had a bad time. <laughs> uh, Connor adds more to his story. Says the worst part of his story was he had to avoid awkward eye contact with his ex-boyfriend, who was a cheerleader for the Rivals. Oh, oh yeah, why? Just not a good time uh, was had by Connor. All sorts uh, of different layers to that story there now, isn't there? Certainly is. <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin says Sicario is utter wank. That's what it is. Um, okay. Scottish Danny, I think we might forward this uh, comment onto the authorities. Says he admits it, he used the tenor <laughs> to wipe the knife. That's the only reason he took the money out in the first place. He'd forgot his rag. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, there's a cash point there. <laughs> Ten pounds. Clean knife. <laughs> Dan Griffin, settle in with a mug of your favourite hot beverage for the Steve Orr section. He's getting it. I mean, this week's match is probably... The Steve O section is a lot longer than it, so we'll be, we'll be burning through it very quickly. Bloody love Steve O and his stories, fantastic stuff. 
Daniel Finn, what Steve were in prison for? Stan Hansen in his boss into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are charging you with Stan Hansening your boss. <laughs> Liv has just said, what a creep. I'm assuming she means to me. Oh, that, that, you're, that's, you're a creep. Yeah, because I was saying about uh, being lucky enough to have met Sharon and uh, there's somebody out there for everyone. Oh, and Liv's just oh, calling so me a creep. Yeah. Knows. yeah. Um, Thanks, Dave. Love you too, by the way. Dan Griffin says, uh, sounds like Steve went into the chatties after me and uh, had no food left. And Scottish Danny says, I can confirm London Chinese buffets are an absolute joke. Uh, Dan uh, Griffin, it was a live reenactment of the Simpsons all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, yeah, it's, does this look like a man who has had all he can eat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he then says, I'll regret this, but surely my nickname in this story should be the Buffet Bandit. <laughs> Jesus, wet. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, name from now on. The Buffet um, Bandit. Sar wanked in the garden centre fish tank confirmed. What? Why Why have you got to go there? That <laughs> I like fish. Not that much. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> I really like fish. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Oh. Sai has got a hell of an editing job after that Doctor Who yes. recording, and he legit wandered off at one point, and we didn't even realise. <laughs> I did actually wander off. We had is- we've been having issues with the streamyard. It's- it's- it seems to be working. Touchwood seems to be working okay for us now, but recording anything on various different shows over the last few days, the streamyard's been a nightmare. So we recorded on Skype and have the cameras off, and the sound quality seems to be okay on that at the moment. Mm-hmm. I muted it because. Sharon came in to get some towels for the girls to go for a shower and all then we me and Sharon had a chat and all this sort of stuff. And I came back and said, Sorry, I've been away for a few minutes there. I hadn't actually moved, but they, they were unaware. And they were like, Oh, we didn't even notice. <laughs> Brilliant. So <laughs> the the host of the show is just not needed. I know Dan, needed. Dan was hosting. Dan was hosting, did a fantastic job. Dan runs the Doctor Who pod, mate. He's the he's the organized one. He's got the format laid out, he's got who who we're speaking to when, what episodes are being released. I literally just say, What am I supposed to edit this week? I feel his pain. <laughs> I absolutely feel his pain. Uh, Mark says, uh, Mags, you should have gone to Jumbo's Chinese. But yeah, because that would have been way better for an anniversary. Third degree burns or the shits. I mean, you can't, there's no winning that conversation. There's not. And then finally, Sharon said it wasn't a bad holiday for her. She got to go to a friend's wedding, child free. Yeah, so at least was, somebody won in that. It was not. It was not a fun time. And and a latecomer, uh, Dan, he only marginally fucks up the release order every season. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, if Dan didn't say that he'd screwed up the release order, I wouldn't know. Because, <laughs> so they just get released anyway. <laughs> because we're, we've recorded a few in hand, and because of like we do a lot of shows that's just us two, and then we have maybe four guests on per season, so it's not many guests in comparison to the number of shows. So sometimes we record out of order. So I will edit in order for the release. If, that, mm-hmm. if Dan didn't tell me that he got the order wrong, I would not know at all. I, I would just edit what Dan tells me and put it out. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd be none the wiser, so... There we go. Thank you so much to everybody in the chat. As always, uh, the CWF never fails to let us, let us down. Uh, makes me smile every Monday, Magsy. Yep, same. Absolutely. Um, even though some of those stories were truly horrific and, and heart-wrenching, I got a massive giggle out of them. So yeah, you're, you're, just, awesome. you're all superstars. 
it's awesome the way everyone can share and open up and just just, just enjoy yourselves and poke a bit of fun at yourselves and so on as well it's great stuff yeah it is uh, so from something that we enjoyed i suppose we better talk a bit of wrestling and look at something that we're not gonna fucking enjoy <laughs> hey uh, let's get See, it's funny because I literally just turned around then because right behind me here is actually my bed. So I've got such a small little space. I keep stuff behind me that I need to use for the show. So I just turned around then to grab my notebook, ready with my notes for the matches. And I've just realized, why did I do this? Nothing fucking happened. I didn't need to make any notes. (laughs) I mean, this match, um, I don't even think it was a particularly horrible match. It was just fucking boring. Mm. Everything they did was okay. Mm. They just didn't do a whole lot of anything. Yeah, and and a lot of it wasn't even their fault, to be fair. So we're we're covering, obviously, everyone knows the Mountain versus Coco Beware from the the ninety one Royal Rumble. But this this match actually aired on the show. I thought this wrestling, <laughs> I thought this was a survivor's podcast from the Jumbo uh, Chinese. Scottish Danny in the chat there. Scottish really? Danny wins today. That's the best comment. That's an amazing <laughs> comment. Yeah, so this match was actually on after the the world title match. Uh-huh. Uh, and that world title match was one of the most controversial ones um, with uh, Sergeant Slaughter beating um, the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, kind match of really- man involved and... Yeah, and I think it was only a couple of days uh, after the start of the the Iraqi invasion or, or whatever. So it was very much a hot topic. Um, I think Bret Hart said at the time um, that there was a, a bunch of wrestlers who were thinking about quitting the company because this was so close to the bone in terms of, uh, of it being... Um, a real life situation that they they weren't happy with with it being used as a storyline, so they had this match had to follow a crowd that were 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 just up in were in uproar because of uh, the Ultimate Warrior uh, losing his towel. Um, so to follow that, it's you are never going to start on a good footing, but then you put on the most boring match that you could. And yeah, and it just it just absolutely shits the bed. It does indeed. It does indeed. Um, it's what, what does it clock in at, Maxi? About eight minutes? Nine minutes. Nine. Nine minutes. And as I said earlier in in the show, it feels like ten times that. I mm. had to rewind sections of it because it just didn't hold my attention whatsoever. It's just it is basic. It's almost wrestling by numbers. There's just very little about this match that that stands out, and I think um, some of that has to do with the fact that this was, I think, this was the Mounties um, pay per view debut, and he'd only had maybe two or three matches before this um, since he uh, changed gimmick from the one of the Rougeau brothers, uh, uh-huh. the Fabulous Rougeaus. So he he was really trying to find his feet in a new gimmick going up against um, a perennial jobber in Coco Beware and coming after 
the 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 world title match where the fans were were absolutely disgusted. It's it's no it's it's there's just no way that this match was ever going to be a good match. No, no, and I also think you can add to that as well. People are just waiting for the War Rumble then as well, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was so bad that uh, on the the VHS home releases, they cut this match out. This wasn't Did actually, they really? Yeah, they, they didn't have this match on the, on the releases at all. Why? Okay. Why? Uh, so, Coco Beware versus the Mighty. Uh, we start with the introductions, obviously. The Mighty's music is timed incorrectly. And he hasn't even got the cool music that they have later on. He's got nope. some... And Coco Beware is already in the ring because instead of Coco getting a ring entrance, we get an advert for WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Coco Beware is that important. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we get a little bit of posturing early on, I suppose. And Coco Beware does a very strange strut whilst flapping his arms, trying to be like a bird. He flaps his wings. He looks like a knob. He looks like an absolute melt. This is a guy who had ski sunglasses and a parrot. And that was his gimmick. His gimmick was he was the Birdman because he had a parrot. Yes. Okay. A credit where it's due, though. I mean, we get some of the, some of the earlier exchanges. Okay, it slows down very, very quickly after this. But we mm-hmm. do get some some leapfrogs, a pretty cool arm drag from Coco Beware, and some good drop kicks as well. That that they look good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rest holds, though, a lot of uh, arm bars. And um, after pretty much every uh, offense he gets in, the mounter stalls a lot and like gestures to the crowd. So mm. in this nine minutes, it's probably about four or five minutes of actual decent wrestling. Yes. Uh, Coco Beware gets thrown incredibly high at one point. That was quite spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it um, sounds like I'm trying to defend this. I'm not. I'm just trying to just trying to the... pick out the very few saving yeah. graces of it. For me, there is one saving grace to this whole match, and that In was <laughs> the end. Even, even that wasn't <laughs> good. It was Jimmy Hart arguing with a parrot. No, I hated that. You hated the. That was the only thing that makes this match stand out from any other kind of a early 90s TV match. I, I felt sorry for the parrot. He's got Jimmy Hart fucking squeaking in his face. I mean, yeah. The, the, look, looking at it from that point of view, yeah. He's, but it it was the only thing of no, the only thing yeah. that was interesting. Look at, look at him now. <laughs> and the yeah. parrot just, the parrot didn't give a shit whether Coco won, lost, or drew. He was still no sold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the parrot didn't sell a thing. Um, nah, bollocks, man. That, that, that parrot, he, he, he's, he can't move anywhere. He's restricted where he is, and he's got fucking Jimmy Hart in his mush yelling like that. Fuck off, it, Jimmy Hart. It would have been funnier if um, when Jimmy was like pointing at the parrot, if the parrot bit him. On the nose. <laughs> <laughs> on the finger <laughs> oh okay well either <laughs> or uh, <laughs> at one point jimmy hart distracts the referee and the cattle prod comes into use by the mountie on the outside and i'm but thinking it, okay even that, awesome 
But even that distraction went wrong because it was the Mountie was uh he was kind of like uh signaling for Jimmy to to come to the to the ropes and then he got involved with the referee for Jimmy to get in the ring and it just it didn't work. It didn't work as a as a uh, an interruption for me. It just felt like wrestlers who didn't know what they were doing. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I thought though this is okay because when the cattle prod came into use, I thought, okay, this is the finish. This is going to be the end. How wrong I was. It, this happened halfway through the match. There was plenty more to go after this. So yeah, he essentially shocks Coco Beware, and then we carry on. But we don't carry on at the same incredibly slow, plodding, moderate pace. We slow down. Listen, Hogan has said it multiple times. If you think you're going fast in a wrestling match, slow down, and then slow down some more. These two obviously took that to heart and just went at an absolute snail's pace. Dear me. Uh, we have a pile driver attempt that is countered into a backdrop. So that was mm-hmm. a moment of brief excitement, thinking we might see a pile driver, but we didn't even get that. Uh, a net breaker by Coco Beware that could have been quite what? cool, but it didn't quite work pro- either. It was almost like the Mountie went into the move too early, potentially. Yep. It, it just um, a simple botch. Mm. Uh, Coco Beware's finisher, I think, was the top rope dropkick, wasn't it? Yep, at the time. Yes, because he uses that here. And even that looked like shit. <laughs> it it barely connects. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a feather light touch to, to the mountain. Yeah, but I mean, this is, again, uh, this match is nine minutes, and we have literally covered basically every move that has happened. We've not missed it, anything. There is a move a minute, pretty mm-hmm. much. So this is the thing. It feels like we're flying through this incredibly quickly for a nine-minute match. <laughs> flying. <laughs> Oy, there we, look at that. See? <laughs> I wish I'd done that intentionally. Um, <laughs> but we are, giving, we are giving you literally virtually a move-for-move, blow-for-blow recap of what we have seen. And we're at the finish already. And the irony is that the finish was the, the, the quickest segment of the match because um, we, we get the, the crossbody, then Coco starts running the ropes, um, Mountie goes for a clothesline, Coco ducks, we see a leapfrog, and then Mountie hits the kind of like the, the boss man slam, sidewalk slam. Mm. Um, but he, it's almost like a choke slam rather than the the way the bossman does it. But that uh, that slam uh, gets the pin. And uh, finally, nine minutes of, of torture, and and we are out of here. Yeah, it's just not very good. Oh, dear. I mean, a guy with uh, a fresh gimmick that he wasn't fully um, comfortable with yet, Coco Beware, who is uh, a jobber, and this was probably his longest match, uh, in a decade. Um, yeah, it was just nothing to write home about. I don't think it was the very worst thing we could have ever watched, but it was it was yawn-inducing. It was. I mean, that, that's right. I mean, I suppose we should just come to our ratings now, out of 10, Magsy, um, and, and a brief summary. I mean, we can't summarise much more brief than we just have done, and we just ran through the whole damn match. Uh, what have you got, mate? <sighs> it's, it's not... 
even good enough for middle of the road. It is very, it is poor. I, I will not lose sleep if I never have to watch this match ever again. Um, so I think giving it a three is is a little tar. So I'll just I'll be generous. I'll go with a three. I've got two. <laughs> you absolute tars. Because it's uh, it, it's not enough for me to give it a zero or or anything like that. Because what they do. They they do it, okay. It's uh, it's it's late eighties, early nineties, mid card wrestling. Yeah, yeah. What they do, they do okay. They just don't do a fucking lot. <laughs> it's like they were you know, probably put, put shocked. In they were probably shocked when they were told they were getting nine minutes, and they thought, "Shit, we've only planned for four. How do <laughs> how do we how do we milk the shit out of this?" And the mountain just says, I'll pause to the crowd after every yeah. single move. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Ah, uh, so there we go then. That is our see, I, I want to go back and watch some good wrestling now, but I'm not sure I've linked that way to be fair. Um where, <laughs> where do we go from here, Magsy? Where well, do we go next? I agree with you. I I think your this dalliance, this idea that you come up with that we should force ourselves to watch shit wrestling backfired because we end up having to watch some shit wrestling. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to link back to some decent wrestling. Um, so the way I've gone about it is that um, the Mounte um, in less than a year will be intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, almost a full year on, he would defend that title at the Royal Rumble against uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. But that match isn't the best. I mean, it's certainly a damn sight better than this, and the promos before it are pretty good. But I want to go a little bit further in the in the timeline to where uh, Roddy Piper faced Bret Hart for, for his Intercontinental title, uh, dropping it to him. I think that, that was at WrestleMania 8. So WrestleMania 8, Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart, for the intercontinental title. Oh, that is a great shape. I've put that up on the poll before and it lost. So I would more than happily go to WrestleMania 8 and watch that. That is a superb match. And there's a little bit of backstage goings on as well that we can talk about with regards that pro- to that. That promo as well. Another great... I mean, Roddy mm. Piper's promos were... If he... If if they landed, they are perfect. Mm. I mean, the, the, the Bad News Brown one... It's a little bit on the nose where he uh, half blacked up, but uh, yeah. But this this Bret Hart and uh, and Roddy Papa promo before the matches, yeah, it's it's classic. Mm. Yes, indeed, indeed, it is. It is great. It is awesome. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I know what I'm. But well, I've, I've got two matches in mind. I haven't decided which way I'm gonna go just yet. But I think I'm going to vote for you anyway, Max. So it doesn't really matter. What I yeah. So, but I've bought that we would just stick with this card. So it's a straight choice between the Rumble match itself or Slaughter Warrior for the title. Because Slaughter Warrior for the title, I think, as you mentioned previously, there's there's a lot going on there with regards to backstage and the story and the Gulf War and all that sort of stuff we can get into. And basically, how just discussed in a promotional tactic, the WWF used with regards to that the rumble is intriguing to me though 
because it's good when we cover a rumble. Is so, this is this the rumble where Brian Nobbs is in the final three? I don't know. I know it's the rumble that Hogan was not supposed to win, but he politicked his way around it because that doesn't work for him, brother. Yeah, I think I, I remember it. I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm sh- I'm sure it's the one that mm. Brian Nobbs is in the final three. Yeah, so we've got sort of the backstage aspects of the two matches that I'm thinking about and maybe more interested in the actual match itself. But going on from that, the rumble is good because we can link all over the place, can't we? So, can. Oh, which way do I go? Which way do I go? Uh, let's have a look at the rumble, shall we? Let's have a look at the 1991 Raw Rumble, Magazine, if my selection wins, which I don't think it will because WrestleMania 8, Brett Piper, is bloody fantastic. So, so my backup was actually going to be uh, boss man versus the mountain in the jailhouse match. Okay. Ah, interesting. Yeah, but it's not gone on the board, so mm. maybe another mm. time. Maybe another time, and that could lead into boss man versus nails and all sorts of great oh, stuff. Oh, dear. where he got hung from the cell by the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Classic time in, in, in wrestling history. Yeah, oh dear me. Okay, so those are your options for next week's poll. The poll will be up, as always, by the same middle of the week-ish after the audio version comes out. It never works out that way. I normally forget. It normally pops up Friday, Saturday. We'll see how we get on. Uh, we have the Intercontinental title match from WrestleMania 8. Rowdy Roddy Piper defending against Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. Or the 1991 War Rumble with all the backstage politicking going on and nonsense there. Uh, as I said, the poll will be up later in the week. Make sure you vote away and retweet all that good stuff as normal. Magsy, what we got in the chat before we depart? <laughs> We've got Dan Griffin, Brett versus Papa next week then, folks. I, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love to get into that. And Dan also says, mate, that food poisoning was fast acting. My also was like a lot. <laughs> 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 um, WWE Hall of Famer, Coco Beware. Exactly. That's That was the link. It was the Hall of Famer. Mm, um, yes Facebook user um, we really need to sort out how Facebook puts people's names up but yes Mags to win yeah I agree um, with I regards to that sorry Mags with regards to that I normally do try and say this at the beginning or at least post it in Facebook but if people are commenting in the Facebook group where this video goes live you either have to give StreamYard the permission at the start to put your name up when you comment or stick your name in the comment as well so it literally comes a facebook user your comment and then your name because then we know who you are so we can we can reference you know back to who is talking to us maxi can't we absolutely absolutely and then the final comment and this is, gets a strong no from me um how about 50 <laughs> 50 no how about no. not how about no yeah we had a 50 50 before with a royal rumble in it as well didn't we we did yeah that was a, a drag of a show. That's when that's when you we make you go longer. We're on three hour episodes. Listen, mm. we're keeping it concise. I think this is the second week in a row where we've gone under two hours. 
Everyone gets to go out to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> awesome stuff. Awesome <laughs> stuff. Uh, so once again, recapping your options for next week's poll, Piper versus Hart, WrestleMania 8, or the 1991 Royal Rumble. Make sure you're voting, retweeting, and so on. Uh, thank you, as always, to everybody in the CWF, in the chat, on Twitter, and everywhere else for all your interactions. Make sure you are subscribing to the show. And I'm going to say this now before we get into our social media aspects and all that in a moment, but subscribe and follow, etc., on all your podcast players. Make sure you're leaving us a review as well. It's hugely important that you're sharing the show as much as you possibly can on, on any platforms you find us. It really does benefit us a great deal. The more that we have um, shares, subscribes, follows, uh, people clicking the little bell on YouTube, uh, following us on uh spotify apple podcasts google and so on it helps us out get the podcast out there and it makes it a lot easier for us when it comes to producing the shows themselves so make sure you are get doing that for us magsy whereabouts can people find you online so you can find me down here i don't know why i went with this arm um <laughs> at podfather mags on on twitter or you can find me on um tiktok at mags all pods um I just want to give uh, the the CWF um, a massive shout out. I mean, we say every week how much you guys make this show. Um, you are you're just phenomenal. Your your support, your comments, uh, being in the chat, it it makes chain wrestling the 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 best that it could possibly be, and we massively, massively appreciate it. Um, but on a very personal note, the support uh, for Carlos today has been just absolutely immense. You guys are, you've blown me away, and I, I appreciate and love every single one of you. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Great stuff. Uh, apparently, Facebook user, my wife has just messaged me, is Matt Willis. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. thank you. Hello, Matt. Brilliant. How are you, sir? Yeah, great. We haven't heard from you in a little while, mate. Awesome to see you popping your head back in. Thank you so much, bud. I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow the network that carries this show at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter. Join the group, like the page on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, etc. And from there, you get links to all the shows the network carries. This one, Nitro Nights, uh, NXT Rise and Fall, um, Doctor Who pod, uh, all this great stuff. I mean, looking at modern day wrestling as well with the guys from the States, regularly scheduled hostilities, um, Benny Mack within the corner there, with Tyler Peters, Scottish Danny and Tyler Peters. Magsy, I know you don't listen to many podcasts anymore, but I recommend you check out Back When with Tyler Peters and Scottish Danny. It's literally nostalgia, but it covers anything. It can be a certain album. It can be a wrestling show. It can be a movie. Um, uh, Episode drops once every few weeks, like 30 minute bite size episodes. Well worth checking out. Tyler and Danny are absolutely kicking ass on that. So much great content on the network, but most importantly, you can follow this show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that TikTok thing of me at chain underscore wrestling. That's at chain underscore wrestling. Max, I'm off now to Google Hornswoggle's greatest matches in the hope that that 13 long list of bullshit you provided for Christmas might just have one I enjoy. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Paris 2024, here we come. <laughs>